Hello. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, Rob. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, nice. Well, welcome, everybody. This is the first uh, recording for the podcast that uh, obviously you heard my co-host, Larry. Um, we will be talking about the New York Mets. This I is know, an idea. everyone's favorite topic. Yeah, honestly. Everyone's <laughs> favorite miserable franchise. Um, but kind of got the idea just, you know, at my regular job, just kind of I could sit at my desk, put on my headphones and was kind of going through and I'm a big podcast guy when I sit at my desk and just kind of noticed there's no good Mets podcasts out there, or at least, you know, for me. So it would be kind of cool to uh, bring on one of my buddies from, from school and just talk about it. So. Yeah, I mean, I really, podcasting is like a whole new thing for me. I never really got into the the big podcasting scene. Uh, but I know a lot of people focus on like the Barstool podcasts. and uh, But I, I haven't heard about any good Mets podcast out there. Yeah, which is why I think it was kind of cool that we, we obviously talked about this on the side. And this has kind of been building up for a while. We've kind of put this off. For, for quite a bit, we, we, we kind of wanted to wait until the team was finally, like, kind of what we think it's going to be come opening day and when, like, spring training is, is, right, around, is right around the corner. In fact, pitchers and catchers just reported, I think, uh, yesterday, two days ago? Two days ago, I think. And here we are with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still on the free agent, free agent I can't list. Stand it. Actually, one of my one of my buddies at work, me and hot me and him were talking, and we we were trying to think of maybe there's some way that that will be could put in for maybe their next collective bargaining agreement a timeline for when free agents have to decide because this is kind of ridiculous, don't you think? Yeah, they're just holding out, trying to get the most money they can, but I feel like they're just losing value. The longer you wait, the less time you're gonna have in spring training. Like even that. But, I mean, if nobody's giving you the $400, $500 million contract that you want, Bryce Harper, you're not going to get it next week. You know what I mean? No one's just going to shell out that cash now because, quite frankly, you're at the the mercy of the team now. And I feel like there there weren't a lot of teams, like, in on Machado from the very beginning just because of his his troubled presence in the locker room. And is he really worth that much money? But, obviously, Harper was was big in the – even for the Mets, highly and the Yankees, and... the Mets, Yankees, Phillies, White Sox, Padres, now the Giants. Teams are teams are in on him, but nobody can consume to pull the pull the trigger here. What I think is going to happen with Harper, and I hope the Mets actually it's very unrealistic, but I think Harper is going to sign a one year deal somewhere, take a boatload of money, sign a one year deal, and then go out and get another contract next year. Yeah, I mean. It's just it's it's gotten to the point where it's it's like where like come on any day now like yeah I mean a week a week or two everyone's supposed to or actually it might be be the next couple of days everyone's gonna have to be in spring training and this, this, these guys still aren't even, aren't even on the team yeah I know last year the Mets didn't sign Vargas until halfway through spring training or something something like that. And he was awful for the first half of the season. I think he pitched a, a nine-plus ERA in the first yeah. half. And that just shows you how much... Pitched a lot better, though, in the, the second half. 
He did. But that just goes to show you how important these, these refs and spring yeah. training are. All right. Well, I think that's enough. Um, the Harper Machado talk. I think we can finally move into what we kind of designed this podcast to be. Um, obviously, we kind of like I kind of explained it from the beginning. Larry and I are former college roommates, both huge Mets fans. Um, this is something we've wanted to do for, for quite a bit now, probably since like the end of November. We kind of came up with this idea. We're finally gonna. Yeah, we've been yeah. pushing for it, but finally, yeah. finally doing so it. So we're we're gonna try to be consistent <laughs> with this. Um, and if you hadn't seen by now, we're gonna call it "What'd You Shay," which I think we we kind of <laughs> debated the title for a long time, but we felt, you know, not... we had some contenders, but I think that's that that's the most fitting. Yeah, with the whole theme of the podcast and like debating and going back and forth, as well as like. Um, you know the phrase like "What'd you say?" Like what? Like what are you talking about? As well as like just slipping Shea in there, which is a, you know a big part of Mets history. Is um, you know it was it wasn't a better there wasn't a better title to choose from. So um, obviously now heading into the Mets, they've had a pretty busy off season. I'd argue prob- which is probably which is busiest team <laughs> in the off season. Not the one of I mean huh? easily the the NL East was easily the most. Most active in this free agency, uh, it's hard to to choose really. I mean, Phillies did a lot, the Nationals did a lot, the Braves really haven't done yeah. anything. I think they they brought back one one piece, and that was Brian McCann, who's now can't can't catch every day. So I don't. They they really haven't done much to change yeah. their team. And I think that all stems down from uh, obviously the new general manager who's stepping in for Sandy Alderson and. Um, Brody. Brody Van Wagenen, who has made it very, I, I was, who has made it very clear I, so far that he wants to build a winner here and also be very confident. He's very confident in what he's saying. Yeah, I was, I was very, very skeptical about him coming in and getting the job. I mean, coming over as an agent uh, from the agent side of the uh, of the game. He he really didn't have any front office experience other than dealing with GMs, obvious GMs and owners and things like and people like that. But he went in from the start, and he's just been very, very active, making deals <sighs> almost too active. We can get into some of the yeah. deals later. Um, but he's just he's he's been very, very impressive. Yeah, so I liked far. his his demeanor and. You know, in a New York market, you have to be that kind of forefront, and we're gonna go for this, and we're gonna we're gonna be here, and you're gonna have to beat us. Um, but let's get into some of the moves that he made. Obviously, his first move, the first first one, one was probably the biggest <laughs> one so far, and that's probably the one I like. I can't tell if I like it or if I hate it. I really don't know. Like, I loved it at first when I when I first saw the trade because I, I love Edwin. D- well, I guess we can recap it. But, uh, it was with the Seattle. I, I think. See, I think I'm the opposite. I think I was a little bit more skeptical at first, but now I'm growing to love it a little bit more. Because now, as That's I see the vision that Brody is going for, he wants to win now, and I think this is a very win now yeah. move. Considering, well, let's break it down here. So the Mets acquired Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano from the Seattle Mariners for Jer- and cash and cash. I'm sorry. Uh, for Jared. Klenick, <laughs> Very important. Um, when you're talking about the Mets. Uh, Justin Dunn, justice Dunn. Is it Justin Dunn or Justin? Justin. Dunn? Um, 
Gerson Batista and Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak. Anthony yeah. Swarzak. There's all there were so many moving parts I kinda forgot who was involved in that first but the only reason this trade is has, has lost some of his luster for me is Jared Klenick. I I keep seeing that name and I keep thinking about how good he's going going to be. He's been he was drafted I think he was drafted this year and last year I guess now. He he just he was amazing from the start and a lot of people see him having big Yeah, I keep reading that all over the place too, but you know, you got to give something to get something. And as we both know, and as most of the Mets fan base and community knows, the bullpen was a disaster. It was Big horrible problem. last year. <laughs> Big problem. <laughs> I Honestly, too, Diaz, I mean, he was amazing last year. But that was also the first year he's done it. So that's that's the other concerning piece about this. And then you have Cano coming off of the PED allegation. It's, de- it's, it's definitely um, risky to bring in a, a 36-year-old Cano coming off of a suspension uh, like that for so long. But the man also hit when he got back into the into the lineup with the Mariners. It's true. He was he was very very productive. And, you, and you don't Diaz is a, is a wild card because, like you said, he only did it for one season, but. If you just look at the man and and the stuff that he can bring on the mound, he he's undoubtedly one of the, like the the best clo- if not the best closer in baseball right now. So I was actually it's funny you bring that up. I was on Facebook and and I don't know if you've seen MLB.com is is dropping these pictures about like the best five players at each yes. position, and they just they just did the best relief pitchers, and I had a hard time putting him in the top five. There's just so many. It's it, it's hard. And he, he we're talking about the guy who had the most saves in the, the league last year, and it's hard to put him. In, I mean, I, I ended up putting him in the top five, but it was hard. To I mean, if you look around, if you look around baseball, how many like dominant closers do you see nowadays? It's mostly just like a uh, like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a like a platoon kind of like you got guys who can close out games every other night if they wanted to and bring in but don't other necessarily guys. have yeah. to yeah you know, actually one of the the interesting things i was reading i think it was on sny too they mentioned um <laughs> craig crimble still isn't on the yeah. team <laughs> and they were talking about the mets potentially or not potentially the, the, there's no there's no validity to this but they were talking about what the mets bullpen would look like if they signed Kimbrel. Oh, no. You'd be talking about having Kimball close, Diaz set up, and then making um, Familia the, the seventh inning guy, which would be nasty. And then you throw in Seth Lugo and Robert Gesselman. That that bullpen would be something to yeah, write but home about. I, I keep seeing that Kim, Kimball wants five plus years at the, at the age oh, yeah, 30. I would, I would, at 32, yeah, I, I wouldn't would give it to him. That. Um, but overall, I think we have to kind of wait and see what. Obviously, this trade isn't going to be won or lost even in the first year because you don't know what you don't know what Dunn is going to turn into. You don't know what Batista is going to turn into. You already know what you have with Bruce and Swarzak. They were basically cap dumps. Um, yeah, I, they they just wanted to get and then Bruce. Got, After signing that big deal to come back, he just wasn't. And it's a shame because player. when yeah. he came to the Mets, he was very productive. And he was productive. He also fit yeah. in the clubhouse well. He obviously wanted to be there. But baseball's a business. And, and Swarzak could just could never yeah. get healthy. 
It's a shame. They thought he was going to be a big piece of the bullpen yeah, for a long time. Um, he just couldn't stay healthy. But this trade will all depend on whether Kalenic can pan out like uh, most most scouts think he will because they're raving about him. And I and I completely understand why. They got, the kid could be a, a really good 5 tool player uh, three or four years from now. But, you know, obviously Brody thinks this team can win now, and I appreciate that as a GM trying to be aggressive and, and make a good move to make your team better. And I think he did that. Yeah, I think he did too. I think the team definitely got better, especially in yeah. the short run. But it's going to be interesting to see how All it right. pans out. But then moving on to probably the second biggest headline <laughs> was it was the catcher, the catcher debate. It was between the three guys. They had Wilson Ramos and uh, what's the other one from the Dodgers? Uh, Grand- Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal in free agency, and then JT Realmuto via trade. Yeah, I I just I, want to talk about. I don't know who I was highest on. I want to talk about that Realmuto trade for a second. Can you just explain <laughs> yeah. to me what the Marlins are doing exactly? Because I have no that franchise is I, so lost, and it's such a shame. They look like they were on the, the rise. I don't understand. And I don't understand how you could go that, from wanting Cindergard, probably a top fifteen pitcher in baseball, if he stays healthy this season, to that's a stretch. Granted, the Phillies' top prospect. But then nothing after that. And then, yeah, I don't really know what their their thought process Jeter was there. And then claiming that if they if the Mets wanted to trade Syndergaard for Real Muto one for one, that they were going to flip him to the Yankees. I just don't get that. Yeah, I, is that Jeter trying to do his former the thought process favor, behind? or is that is that good biz, baseball business? Uh, I don't know how much I believe that. They said that about the the Stanton trade too. I don't know. I don't think I don't think Jeter's trying to get one over for the Yankees. I just I don't see the logic in in the trade to the Phillies. Why? If you held out all this time, why don't you just hold out until the trade deadline when someone will easily? I don't know. I think they felt pressured to dealing with them, so they kind of had to take pennies on the dollar for him. Yeah. Well, the problem is they made such a big deal about it with the Mets, where they wanted to get an arm and a leg, and then yeah, I'm, I'm the Mets just didn't buy it. I'm happy they didn't do that. Although, with all that being said, I I think I am happy with Wilson Ramos. He's probably the worst defensively of the three. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we've dealt with Travis Darno now for four, three or four years. Who can't throw out a runner, can't frame a ball. Although he's gotten better at call, like calling games and framing balls, but he just he wasn't very good defensively. He was really wasn't even very good offensively. They just kind of yeah. dealt with him. I think it's crazy. And I I think that's why I'm most excited about the Wilson Ramos signing because they just haven't been good at catcher in so long, and now they finally have you know somebody that can actually play the position. Yeah, I think it's crazy too. Um... Darno just had his 30th birthday the other day. Which, oh my, he's that old? He is 30. I, I feel like the he's day they traded, that they old. That wow. With uh, R.A. Dickey and they got Syndergaard. And he was Syndergaard a top prospect, but now he's 30 years old. Yeah. That's insane. I yeah, did not he know 30. he was that old. It was just crazy in a way. Although it looks like they're getting ready to part ways with him, um, Darno, because they, they turned him a contract. But now they just brought back Devin Mazzarocco, 
and he's much cheaper. So I think they and they basically the same player. I think they might be getting ready to give give Darno the boot for good. Well, I think um, Mezzarocco will definitely go to. Um, is it Buffalo now? Are they in Buff- back in Buffalo? They're in Syracuse. Syracuse. Okay. Well, I think Mezzarocco will definitely go to Syracuse, and Nito will be there as well. So that's just good insurance to have, just in case anyone gets hurt, which on this team will probably yeah. happen. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the Ramos signing a lot. I think we we talked about that on the side. Um, just a very good like all around catcher. I think he was second in the. I think he was second among all catchers last year in a slugging percentage and, and batting average. So obviously very good at the plate, and obviously very good with working with different pitchers. And also he's been in the NL East, so he's familiar with the Mets. I think it's a very good signing, just for for both parties. Yeah, and I think the anything they anyone they would have signed at catcher would have been an improvement um, at this point. And then, all right. So I guess moving on, they've made a couple of trades in January. Uh, I think the first one was the Keon Broxton trade, yeah. right? I think that one came first. They uh, they traded a couple of guys. No. Names really stand out. They traded Bobby Wall. I know that. That's one of the guys they got last year when they dumped everybody. Uh, <laughs> so it's nice to see those picks paying off. Broxton, high risk, high reward kind of guy. Doesn't really offer much offensively. He's got some pop, but he's a terrific defender. Good, great base runner. And I think that's going to be nice having the speed in the lineup or off the bench or yeah. however they decide to play him. I think that's a that's a good point you just brought up is that they haven't really had that speed that come off the bench since like Eric Young Jr. since oh seven right? is <laughs> oh Eric Young yeah I, um, Eric Young. I think Broxton like profiles is probably like the fifth outfielder on this team if he if he even makes the team he might even be the sixth outfielder because they're. Talking about playing McNeil exclusively in the outfield. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in in a couple minutes. But um, yeah, Broxton, I don't know. He doesn't do it. He doesn't move the needle enough for me. I think it's a good depth. Um, I think it's a sneaky good pickup. I think he needs a a change of scenery. He could be really good for them. And if he's platooning with Lagaris, or if they ship Lagaris out, whatever they want to do. See, I'm I'm all on team. I'm all on team Lagaris. I'm tired of hearing about Lagares. He's he can only hit one side. He plays good defense. It's not even great anymore. He's been hurt a million times. He make, he's making twelve million dollars a year for nothing. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm not I'm not sold on. All right. It. Well, at the very least, it's a good depth pickup. Um, the one we didn't even talk about. I think that even happened before the trades was Familia coming back. Oh yeah. Well, we mentioned it briefly. Um, but yeah, no, familiar. I think that's a I, that was probably the most shocking move of, of the the winter for me. I thought there was no way that Brody was going to come in and bring anybody back from the previous teams. Yeah, I think I I don't, I don't know he, how you feel. He's yeah. like one of those guys that uh, struck me that he didn't want to leave or that he didn't want to get traded. But you know, it's business side of things. He got traded. Mets got assets, and he ended up resigning with them. It's like. Best of both worlds. It was a win-win for the Mets. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I mean, I like the signing. I think he's gonna have to take a step back though, since he's obviously not gonna be the closer. 
Uh, I think it might be weird for him, but I mean, I guess he he did it in Oakland. But coming back to his team, the team he started with, the team he closed for, he had 50, 50 saves two or three years ago. It's going to be interesting to see how he how he adjusts to the role. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing uh, going forward. Is he was the closer here for what a good three four years, and now he's he's going to be the setup man. It's a whole different mindset. So I don't know, but um, yeah. I like I like bringing him back. I think he's good for all the Hispanic players in the locker room. Obviously, he's been there a bit. He's been there for the through the rough times and obviously the good times. Um, he'll help out Diaz. A I also too, think getting adjusted. He fills a role that they needed. Uh, fills a position they needed. They needed to strengthen the bullpen. Because um, quite frankly, Diaz, Lugo, and Gesselman wasn't yeah. going to get the job done. Well, the only. But having the, the, the positive having thing that this, this pushes everyone down. It's all about Brody is emphasized. Like I remember a, seeing a quote that he said it was like we would have done this if like we had stayed healthy, or we would we would be here if we had uh, like more key players. But now I think he's trying to bring in more depth pieces and like lengthen out the lineup and the bullpen and the rotation. So I think he's done a pretty good job of that and. That leads me into my next point. The next guy that they, the other big free agent pickup that they had was Jed Lowry, signed for two years. Oh, you like that move? On a two-year contract, and I think it's I another know. good piece to bring in. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I think he's right. Lowry's riding high on that big first half he had last season, and then he kind of he tapered off in the second half. And honestly, they didn't need him. They have McNeil. They traded for that guy. He's all over the infield and the corners yeah. of the outfield. And Lowry just takes the starting spot away at third from McNeil. Yeah, but I think I don't, I don't know how I feel I, about I, it. I I like it from the perspective of just adding more adding more depth to the lineup. I think that's I think that's a good thing. I like you're play I like McNeil having the, the depth anyway. But... Then it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I like having the depth. But now, who? What do you do? You have you're talking about McNeil. You have McNeil, Davis, Broxton. Uh, who else? Who else do you? Who? Uh, you have Darno. That's four bench guys. And then who? Who would the last one be? You kind of cut off there for a second. I don't know. I just. Well, you're talking. You have. You're going to have McNeil on the bench. You're going to have Broxton on the bench. You're going to have Darno on the bench. You're going to have that guy, J.D. Davis, from the uh, the Astros that they traded yeah. for on the bench. And you're going to have – you know, you only have so much space on the roster. Well, I think they're also – they also made this move in mind that they want to keep Alonzo in the minors for another month because if they do that, they can have another year of retention on him. So they could – no, I get that. I I know where that's coming from. But you you play if you play Frazier at first, then you can just play McNeil at third. That's what I was confused but, about. I I just didn't think there was a, a pressing need for Lowry. I think, but their whole philosophy was they want to play McNeil in the outfield, which is I don't know how and why I don't know how that's going to turn they out. Don't, they don't really have a center fielder. He played well at second. He obviously could play third because he played it in the minors. Why are you even trying in the outfield? But I don't know. And they don't have – they don't really – they still don't really have a center fielder. I don't think Broxton and Lagarde are going to get the deal done. Although I think if one of them is going to, I think it's going to be Broxton. Um, but I, I just – I can't 
I can't see the logic. Why move into the outfield? Your space in the outfield. McNeil's certainly not playing center yeah. field. I mean, it just it, it just yeah. baffles me what they're the doing only spot McNeil. that that they could play him is left field. But even like you said, they have Conforto. You never know. It's Cespedes could be back this year at some point. You have Nimmo. I we I would plan for life without. Yeah, no, Cespedes. but I'm. They're kind of holding out optimism for him, but as fans, I don't see it either. But you never know. And then I think the only other move we haven't really touched on would be the Justin Wilson signing. This is the one that I hated the most, probably just because you could have had. Oh, the 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 two other relievers, Luis Avalon and Hector Santiago, as well. Yeah, he was a minor league deal, so he's he'll probably get. Yeah. He'll probably end up in AAA because they you figure you have Wilson and you have. Um, I think Avalon's going to make the it's, team. It's either him or, it's either him or Zamora him. who makes the team as the other lefty. I think I think they're going to take Avalon. He's I, I I was surprised that he only got a minor league. I don't deal. know. It's basically a, a three man race for those two for those two lefty spots between three guys. You know Wilson's going to get one of them because they just paid him. There's no way they can. Put him in the minors. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's on the team. But like I said, this is the move I dislike the most because you could have just had Blevins back for the same amount of money. For uh, yeah, I think it was less. It was I think he got a, a million and a half yeah. from Oakland. But uh, what, what do I know? Like honestly, but <laughs> Wilson wasn't even that great with the Cubs last year. His, his stats aren't. Don't blow me away. He's a hard throwing lefty, which is something they haven't had like in quite some time. But the biggest problem for me is is control exactly. issues. You're a hard throwing. I think. Good. No, good. I think the the biggest thing obviously is control issues, and then you you have Familia who has at times struggled with control. Gesselman who struggled with control. You have all these problems in the in the bullpen that just with the the control issues, they're going to be walking a ton of guys late in the game. And then it's the completely opposite on the on the side of the rotation. You're talking about Degrom, who doesn't walk anybody, Syndergaard, who doesn't walk anybody, Wheeler, who pretty much didn't walk anybody in the second half. It's just it's like night and day between the bullpen and the rotation. Yeah. Nah, I'm not. I, like I said, I'm not a fan of this move. I think they could have done better. I think they could have brought back the guy who was actually effective last year, um, especially against lefties, if that's what they were looking for with someone who could get lefties out. But um, anyway, I hope it works out for him, obviously. But um, And then the last move, Danny Espinosa, I think that was recent. That was like three days ago. He probably won't even make the team. I can't, I can't imagine they have any room for him on this roster. Wait, who, I mean, who, he might, who, might who was that? Come. Danny oh, Espinosa. yeah. I think that's just like a spring training. I can't imagine he's he's gonna be no, the team. I saw, I saw a bunch of funny tweets. It was like it was right after the um the Phillies got Real Mudo and we were like, We got Espinoza and it was like who needs Harper? <laughs> we got Espinoza and I was like, Oh my god. I remember he was a he was a Mexican right, well, too, so Yeah, he killed the Mets. The one thing or the two things I want to do before we say goodbye would be I want to know what your biggest concern for the team is, and then I want to know if you could make one more move 
left, uh, whether it be a trade or free agency. I want to. What was the first be. question? What's your biggest concern? Biggest for, this, for the biggest the concern on the roster is definitely the back end of the rotation. I um okay. Obviously, you have Degrom, best pitcher in the best pitcher in the game right now, no question. Syndergaard, I think, and I, I said this to you, he won thirteen games last year, and literally nobody cared, and he was out for a month. <laughs> That's yeah. an extra five, four. Or five he, he got all the run support yeah. too. That's like an extra. The ground couldn't get. The ground couldn't catch it. It's like what? <laughs> at least one start a week, maybe two. That's like another six or seven starts in June. The month he missed. You don't know. He could be a twenty. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's um, true. That's definitely Wheeler true. Wheeler had a good year last year. His, his his numbers didn't back that up, but I thought he pitched really well last year. Um, well, the problem is he pitched really well in the second half. First half was kind of old Wheeler, and the second half was just this brand new Zach Wheeler. Yeah, but who for, wasn't just throwing ninety seven for the most part. He was he started to throw year, all of his pitches better than better than what we expected out of him going into the year because we all had the expectation of uh, Harvey's Harvey's there. Uh, Mats will be good. Uh, I'll get to Mats in a second. Um, Degrom and Syndergaard are going to do their thing, and then Vargas is going to round out the rotation. But obviously that didn't happen. I thought Wheeler did a, a nice job and stepped up into that number three role. Um, and then the last uh, – and then you got Steven Matz there. Um, everyone thinks he's poised for a breakout season this year. Yeah, everyone keeps the saying. The thing I read about him is, is he's going to break out. He's ready to do his thing. I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of hearing that. The man, the man has to come out and prove it to me because he's what? Like, I think like 25, 26 now. He needs to. So. He needs to get it going because he's got, I think, at least like number two upside. But well, I I told you I've been telling you this for years since since he's since he's been on the team. I've been telling you that I think he's got the he's got the potential to be the best one on the rotation. He does, but I think sometimes his demeanor and his uh, confidence get in the way, and he also can be a little bit of a erra- erratic at times, which doesn't help. True, he's another one that has some some yeah. command issues. Um, but yeah, um, Mads is another one that I, I'm looking for to kind of bounce back and have a, take, take a step forward. And then Vargas, oh, that first half of the season was abysmal. I think he had, it was close to like a nine ERA in June or something like that. I think it, it was, was nine, nine plus, plus to be honest. He was horrible, but then he had a few good starts in the year. Um, you know, I mean, like he's, he's older, he, he. I can't expect much out of him, but I expect like him to be a little bit better, which leads me into my to your second question. My next point, I'd like them to maybe go after like a a back of the rotation starter, maybe like a Gio Gonzalez would be a good fit for them. Um, I actually see a lot a lot of articles um, coming up that the Mets are closer and closer each day to signing Gio I, Gonzalez as if it's I, the the biggest. Biggest move they'd ever make. I'd be totally okay with that. I think he's like, he's kind of a gamer, and he can eat up innings. Obviously, he's pitched in the if he's pitched in the division before. Um, I think he'd be a good fit on a like a like a veterans minimum contract. You know, I would have. This isn't my move that I would like to see them make, but I would have liked to see them go go out and get Evaldi when he was available. Yeah, that would have been good too. I uh, but all right. So going going back to my two yeah. questions, I think the the biggest concern, similar to you, 
my concern isn't so much the back end of the rotation, but it's what's left after the rotation. There's no depth. There's If anyone gets hurt, Corey Oswald is the next guy up, and he's terrible. I'm, I'm so tired of seeing him pitch for the Mets, and he's always, he's always the first guy <laughs> they call up. And it's just it's so infuriating. He has he hasn't done anything for them. Um, so I think the biggest concern for me is the lack of pitching depth. And despite the lack of pitching depth, I my the move that I would make uh, doesn't have anything to do with that. I would if I'm if I'm Brody right now, I'm calling up Bryce Harper's agent, asking him how much he wants for one year, and going from there. You give him a year contract, you pay him whatever whatever he wants. It's off the books. Convince him during the year that he wants to stay with the Mets, and then you're set for the future. Especially because Cespedes' money is coming off the books in 2020, I think. Yeah. David Wright's all going to be off the books. Frazier will be off the books. Frazier will be um, off the books. You have money to pay him. He'll be off the books. Give him a big fat contract. Pay him pay him forty two million dollars a season. I mean yeah. uh, for the for the one year. I don't even care. Pay him whatever he wants yeah. for the one year. Show him that New York is the place he wants to be. And then give him a for six years, seven years, eight years, whatever he wants next offseason. I think because I think if you get Bryce Harper, this team goes from second or third in the division to first. I think any team who lands Harper in this division is immediately the favorite. Except if he goes back to Washington, then he's basically like putting himself in the same situation as last year. Yeah, I think if he goes back to Washington, he's going to be third or fourth. And if he goes to Philly, they're immediately the best team. I think if he goes to Atlanta, they would be by far and away the the best team. Yeah, the only problem with me for Atlanta is they still haven't addressed their pitching issues. Yeah, and I could see their their pitching like regressing. Like Mike Fultonevich was their best. Yeah, you can't last keep year. counting on. Yeah, I was gonna say, you can't keep counting yeah, on Mike Fultonevich. Um, whatever's the Braves kind of scare me in that aspect, <laughs> where they kind of don't have a lot of pitching depth. Like they have a lot of good young uh, position players. Like um, oh god, his name just went right out of my head. The the kid in the outfield. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Acuna. Yeah, Acuna, Acuna. and then Albies, Albies and then, yeah, Swanson. Freeman there. Marquez had a good year last year. Um, Swanson's there. They got a lot. They got a good young core there. And then the Phillies have been active this offseason too. Like we said, they got Realmuto, uh, McCutcheon, Gene Segura. Uh, they also got um, G- yeah, uh, Segura. I don't really think they got that much better, to be honest. I, I mean, I don't really think they really did anything that drastic. They replaced Ramos with Real Muto. They have McCutcheon, who's really not going to do much for them. He's, he's well past yeah. his prime. But also, Segura, who's he's better he's, than Crawford. He's a, he's a good he's shortstop. Crawford by like a mile. He's going to help them. But you have to figure too. They have a lot of young players like Nick Williams, uh, Franco. Um, I'm tired of hearing about their. They're good yeah, young you never players. They, they could, never do. They, could they haven't take done anything. Steps forward. They could progress. You, you never know in baseball. That's what, like the beauty of it. I know. But for you, since since they they haven't been good, all you've been hearing is they're good young players. I don't know. But when the Mets when Mets fans say it, it's the it's the most far fetched <laughs> thing in the world. 
But when the Phillies fans say oh, it, it held all the I, weight. I'm fully aware. For the for those people who don't know, I'm a a, a native Pennsylvania, and Larry's the New Yorker. Of Pennsylvania? The... You didn't say Pennsylvania. You said Pennsylvania. <laughs> a okay. Of a, the suburban Philadelphia area. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I don't know how you grew up like that. Oh, it's, it's bad, man. It's bad around here. But um, that's <laughs> why this podcast is so diverse because now I can bring the perspectives from around here, and you can be their native New Yorker. So, as always. But um, all right. Well, I think that's a pretty good first episode. It's also news. It's a little rough. A little rough at times. Yeah. But there's also news today that DeGrom, Jacob Degrom set a deadline on his extension talks to opening day. Pay the man. I don't care what he wants. Give him the checkbook. Let him let him sign whatever Honestly, he wants. Honestly, like give him give him just a blank check and let him write whatever he wants on there. Yeah. I, I don't care. He's <laughs> he's by far the best pitcher in baseball right yeah. now. I figure he's still probably got four or five years at least of being that not the best, but dominant. I'll give him like five years of elite status maybe six because just because of his um i think his work ethic and like his his delivery there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of and he started late so he really doesn't have a lot of miles on his on on his arm i also have to remember he was a shortstop coming up so obviously he's like a pretty good athlete so i think he'll he'll stay in that kind of shape for a little bit all right, bold prediction for for a player or for the team. Go bold prediction for the team, or or, the, or, or player. player. Doesn't have to be bold. I think Conforto finally breaks out this year. I think he hits thirty. Huh? No, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, the all right, what am I, all right, the I'm gonna say um, Michael Conforto breaking out year. It'll happen this year. He's hitting thirty home runs. He's driving in a hundred RBIs, and he's hitting two. He's hitting over two eighty. I like it. I like it. That's actually what I was going to say. But for the sake of the podcast, I will say Peter Alonso gets the two week break at the beginning of the season, and then comes in wins rookie of the year. Oh, I like that a lot. I'm excited for yep. him. Honestly, I think he could be like. I've seen a lot of comparisons to like Reese Hoskins. And I hate the Phillies. Yeah, I was I actually love Reese Hoskins. This is a player. I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to someone recently, and I described him as someone very similar to Reese Hoskins. You don't agree with that? I feel like that's pretty accurate. This big hulking first baseman. Yeah, not and not only just you know he's the best. He's the top first base prospect in baseball. So obviously, a lot to look forward to um, this coming year. Um, I think we're kind of gonna we're gonna wrap things up here because uh, I gotta get up in the morning for my job, and uh, I don't know what you're getting up for. So. Um, <laughs> uh, but this was I. good. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna try to keep this consistent. I'm gonna try and get this up to either Spotify or Apple or whatever. Um, you can check us out. Uh, it's What You Shay podcast. Uh, it's with Larry and Rob, and we're going to work on the social media and whatnot. And we're trying to get our names out there because uh, we're really excited to do this. So, uh, Larry, any final thoughts? 
Uh, no, I mean, thank you for listening. We're going to try and get better, I promise. This one, this one's a little rough, I know. Yeah. But the first one's always tough. You know, yeah. it happens. Now that the people know us, I think it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. I hope you come back. Yeah, of course. Next week or whenever our next edition Probably will next be. Probably next week. We'll, we'll try to keep it maybe once a week or uh, once every couple I like of that. Weeks. Yeah. Baseball season's long, so be prepared for a lot of podcasts. <laughs> All right, well. What'd you say? What'd you say? All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.